0: Welcome to the Alligator Podcast, challenging the issues of our time with biblical insight and slightly irreverent humor. I'm your host, Kurt Gormley. See alligatorpublishing.com for more information and dry witticisms. Thanks for joining us today. Today is Friday, June 9, 2023, and we'll start with the Alligator News Roundup for the week. Five articles we don't want you to have missed, and after you hear some of them, you may wish you had. Number five, the Western Journal Super Bowl champ had a message written on his tie as he stood behind Biden at the White House. It's good to know the sharp-eyed White House communications staff is on the sharp-eyed lookout for anyone who fails to stay on message with the message of the White House, whatever that message may be. In fact, the White House communications team is so on top of things that when they invited a real team, the Kansas City Chiefs, to the White House to be congratulated by the president on winning Super Bowl 57, or whatever it was he thought they should be congratulated for, the communications team, which specializes in understanding and explaining the communications of everyone around them all the time, failed to notice the exceedingly pro-life messages sported by sportsman Harrison Butker, who kicked the field goal to ensure the Chiefs win over the Philadelphia Eagles in February. Butker's necktie showed the Latin phrase vulnerare presidio, which in English means, I'm a wicked field goal kicker and I just won another Super Bowl, so now I get to wear two Super Bowl rings while you don't have any Super Bowl rings. Or maybe it means protect the vulnerable, which the White House communications team, if they knew Latin, probably would have seen as a respectful reference to the president, given the current situation of his current situation, except they clearly didn't know any Latin. Nor did it occur to them that maybe they should try to get a translation, which, by the way, could have been done by simply asking Siri or that Google girl, or if they did understand that it meant protect the vulnerable, it likely never occurred to those crack communicators at the top of their game that anyone would display it as an encouragement to safeguard defenseless unborn human life. Which is apparently exactly what Harrison Butker meant for it to say. We know this because he also wore a lapel pin with two tiny golden bear feet displayed, apparently exactly the size of an unborn infant's feet at 10 weeks gestation, which is about the time when some 600,000 tiny pairs of feet are aborted in the U.S. each year, which is probably not a message the White House intends to put out, even though they apparently endorse it. Number four, the Western Journal Federal Judge issues major ruling on Florida's ban on transitioning minors. Multiple families backed by multiple LGBT lobby groups sued the state of Florida after Florida adopted a rule that prevented minor children from electing permanently disfiguring surgical procedures, which would turn some of their big beep. Which would turn some of their boy body pieces into pieces resembling girl body pieces, and some girl body pieces into pieces resembling boy body pieces. The families were fighting in court to assure that this mutilatory molest beep the families were fighting in court to assure that this mutilatory molestation could continue unmolested, so that their boys could appear more like girls and their girls more like boys, even though everyone knew that the boys could not actually become girls or the girls actually become boys but instead both of them would fight permanent, ongoing collateral damage from painful, debilitating, and irreversible surgery. A federal judge, appointed by that champion of morality, Bill Clinton, sided with the families in favor of mutilating their own children, saying, Of course these parents should have the right to permanently disfigure their underage children. It's in the Bible. Just look at 2 Kings 21.6. Well, actually, that one says that the king sacrificed his son by burning him alive, but it's the same principle. And if there's one thing we follow here, it's Judeo-Christian principles, unquote. In fact, what he said, and I am not making this part up, is that something called gender identity is just as real as X and Y chromosomes. Even though X and Y chromosomes are real in the sense that their existence has been proved by science, while gender identity is only real in the sense that clouds might be made of puffy white cotton candy and that the moon might be made of cheese. The only way we could be sure is to fly through the clouds or actually land on the moon and take a walk there. Oh wait, we already did both. But never mind, said the judge. I'm still ruling the way I'm ruling because I've read my Bible, or at least parts of it. Number three, PJ Media, Dying San Francisco, Sustains Another Massive Blow. The incredibly beautiful Golden Gate City, adorned with limitless vistas of homeless encampments, used needles, human feces, and wandering gangs of shoplifters, is about to take a turn for the worse. Though how that is possible is a little beyond imagination. The 1,921-room Hilton San Francisco Union Square is about to close for good, as is the 1,024-room Park 55 San Francisco Hilton property. The the top-of-the-line Hilton San Francisco is a luxury hotel living out the tradition of five-star accommodations since 1964. The Beatles stayed there that year during their U.S. tour. What's up, Doc? Ryan O'Neill, Barbara Streisand, 1972, was filmed there. In 2018, the Park 55 San Francisco was valued at over $500 million, and it has grown in value by leaps and bounds until J.P. Morgan Chase dumped it this year for the turkey it had become. In spite of the city's efforts to lovingly surround it with homelessness, needles, feet, and shoplifting. And the stench. Don't forget the stench. It's a bold, bright, beautiful future for the bold, bright and beautiful hellhole that San Francisco has become. Number two, The Western Journal Exclusive report, Fox bans Judge Janine from Christian News Show that attacked voting machines. In their relentless pursuit to morph fair and balanced into fairly unbalanced, Fox News has once again sought the high ground of fearless reporting by shutting up another of their premier on-air talents. They have forbidden Judge Jeanine Pirro to appear at Flashpoint Live, an event at Faith Life Church in New Albany, Ohio. When Fox News caved in their settlement of the defamation lawsuit brought by Dominion Voting Systems, it appears that their brand of speak-truth-to-power journalism has been manifested by firing Tucker Carlson, and muzzling Judge Jeanine. The fact that Judge Jeanine's book is called Crimes Against America, The Left's Takedown of Our Republic, and explains how the 2020 presidential election was hijacked, is more proof that Fox News stands as a paragon of something. But that something goes by a name other than journalism. We speak the truth here," said an unnamed Fox News source who declined to be named because of the crowd of angry readers gathered outside his office building with torches and pitchforks. No matter who we offend or who gets in our way, we are going to speak the truth. And the truth is that Trump lost the 2020. Whoa! And the truth is that Trump lost the 2020 election, fair and square. And no amount of actual empirical evidence, sworn testimony, eyewitness accounts, impossible ballot counting results, or unedited videos showing ballot drop boxes being stuffed in the middle of the night by masked and gloved couriers who made trips to and from local Democrat-controlled election headquarters to those ballot drop boxes all over town is going to be reported here, because that will call this whole free and fair election thing into question, and we simply can't have that in our unquenchable pursuit of the truth. Unquote. Number one, the Washington free beacon, adorable cows join bald eagles, whales on left-wing climate kill list. Ireland, which once saved civilization by keeping Christianity alive when the rest of the civilized world rejected it, is now offering to save civilization again by killing off their cows. For their deadly cud chewing contribution to scientifically proven global warming, evidenced by the fact that the Earth's temperature has not measurably increased in 10 years and that global CO2 emissions have dropped in that decade, 200,000 bovines are slated for execution by 2030. Government policies enacted since the The Obama regime in the U.S. have dramatically improved the health and vitality of the planet through the execution of both bald eagles and whales in stupendous numbers with clean energy wind farms on land and sea, but we are not done with our animal killing spree yet. Woke has only just begun. Notwithstanding that all those cows would probably be turned into hamburger anyway, that's what it's like being an unfortunate bovine in a dominant homo sapien world, the Irish are showing us the way to accelerate the process. At least we can all enjoy a good steak along the way to climatological salvation, except that that's probably not on the woke diet either. Thanks for joining the Alligator News Roundup. Today's blog is next. The Alligator blog for June 9, when good enough is good enough. Medical Leukemia. Monday began a new oral chemo month, fighting against the cowardly and unseen yet deadly flit 3 variation of acute myeloid leukemia. My favorite skunk pill requires 2 in the morning, 2 in the evening, every day for 2 weeks. On balance, I've been healthy and active, and my oncologist continues to take full credit that I remain extant. He actually purchased a copy of Alligator Wrestling in the Cancer Ward. Lebanese accent, $20? Is that all? Do you have change for 100 The lab work this week shows I am still solidly average, which is a skill I learned in high school. ANC immune system equals 2.3, creatinine kidneys equals 1.7. Get the Substack app. I know some of you are not receiving this newsletter blog routinely. My evidence is only anecdotal, but some glitchy thing sometimes happens to Substack, the service that sends out these emails, and you are left to languish in unenlightened darkness without the Alligator blog. So please take action to see that you are not ignored. You can do either of two things. One, better choice. If you are consuming this blog on a smartphone, go to your app store and download the Substack app. It should be free. Once it installs, search for the Alligator blog and turn on notifications so that you get an audible bump when the blog is distributed. Two, not quite as good, but still good, find your email contacts and create a new contact for Alligator Publishing at substack.com. This should ensure the email comes to your inbox and does not get diverted to your spam folder. If these remedies perplex you, show this to your grandchild and ask for their assistance. And please remember that there is also the Alligator Podcast, also available at Substack and at Apple Podcasts and probably wherever you find your podcast. Book signing, Anthony Public Library. A small group of highly intelligent and discerning ladies in Anthony, Kansas, have a book club. They chose to read Alligator Wrestling in the Cancer Ward. I offered to come speak to them. They accepted, and it sort of got out of hand. The event has been moved to the Anthony Public Library, 624 East Main, at 2 p.m. on Friday, June 16. Bring your copy of Alligator Wrestling, and I'll sign it for you. Or you may purchase one, or five or six. Get your Christmas shopping started early. See you there. How good is good enough? Some years ago I heard someone say the good is the enemy of the best. It was an encouragement to excel, not to settle for mediocrity when excellence is within your grasp. I get that, but I have come to doubt that wisdom. Sometimes the accessible and workable good enough is better than the unattainable best. This is particularly true when developing a new skill. If I wait to perform the piano recital until my notes and rhythm are perfect, I will end up never performing at all. Thus, I will never develop the maturity and confidence that comes from making a public presentation. It turns out that waiting for the best is merely an excuse for lazy. The prophet Jeremiah, circa 600 BC, told us that the human heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. We seem to have a unique way of turning opportunities for success into failure. Gratefulness into resentment. Graciousness into bitterness. Selfless service into self-serving gratification. Religion, the glue that binds. I find this particularly true of church attendance. It is true many evangelical churches and many mainline Protestant and Catholic have been rocked by various scandals in the past 20 years. Still, there is no practical alternative for sourcing information like do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not lie, do not covet than an organized small group class at your church. Yes, your local church, warts and all. The received wisdom from the above list is what has held populations together for the last 3,000 years. Without a common agreement as to what constitutes right and wrong, this thin veneer we call society will crack. There is a strong possibility we will eventually find ourselves robbed and beaten or worse. While self-defense is probably a good idea, there is always someone quicker and stronger, and nothing good comes from an environment where social norms are dominated by muscle. You may find some narrow-minded and unpleasant individuals waiting for you in church. If so, smile benignly and find a different congregation. Take your kids and your grandkids to church and expect them to participate. Stopping America's slide into the oblivion of moral depravity may be unlikely, but if we don't start taking action, it appears to be a certainty. So what? What is to be done? May I be bold to suggest a few actions. Tutor a child, not your own, in reading. Volunteer to assist in a K-6 Sunday school class. Groom a precocious preteen by giving them a quality, age-appropriate book, with their parents' permission. Take a kid fishing, or golfing, or driving, or gasp, cleaning out your garage. But importantly, work with them. Don't merely hire them and leave them to do the work. The point is building the relationship. Do these things with their parents' permission, of course, and probably with a second adult as a chaperone. Many of us had older role models we looked up to. A coach, a grandmother, a neighbor, an uncle. In my case, it was my high school band director. He's been gone for over 30 years, and I still find myself trying to live up to his expectations. Give this gift to a young man or woman in your sphere of influence. It is a life changer. America by the numbers. Weekly church attendance in 2000, 32%. 2022, 20%. Never attend church, 2000, 13%, 2022, 31%. Boomers attending church in 2000, 25%, 2022, 25%. Millennials attending church in 2000, 21%, in 2022, 39%. Some things are looking up. Verse for the week, Psalm 122, verse 1. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So yes, let's go into the house of the Lord, get off the dime, find a local church, embrace the stress of being a first-time visitor, and gut it out. You may find you are a valuable addition. Have a good weekend. Kurt.